Welcome, welcome to the best five minute wine podcast. I'm your host, Forrest Kelly. From the seed to the glass, wine has a past. Our aim at the best five minute wine podcast is to look for adventure at wineries around the globe. After all, great minds think alike. Let's start the adventure. Our featured winery is in part two of our conversation with Table Mountain Winery in Huntley, Wyoming. Patrick explains what a lawyer is doing running a winery. (laughs) Focused on agricultural law, uh, natural resource law. In Wyoming, we're pretty arid, so water law is a very important aspect to anybody in agriculture. In Wyoming, just much like the entire West, just water rights, protecting what we have. And I mean, that's the basic one. Uh, We have a lot of endangered species in Wyoming that um, producers have to work around and the ins and outs of trying to keep agriculture going and the regulations that that come out of the industry that producers have to face and, and how to deal with those. Yeah, you are facing some different obstacles. I see where there are 24 species in Wyoming that are endangered, including the black-footed ferrets, the Canadian lynx, yellow-billed cuckoo, which I'm very familiar with. But I see early on in the farm, before wine became a crop, you had sugar beets, beans, alfalfa, corn. Throughout the decades, our farm has always been a diversified farm. I mean, we kind of changed with the way the industry goes. And in the 2000s, the sugar beet industry was... Um, leaving our county and leaving our area, it wasn't, uh, you have to be pretty big scale to stay in it. And so, again, my thesis was just looking at ways to take small acreages, keep them in agriculture, and maybe be able to do something different with them. And, you know, growing grapes is the most value-added ag product you can get from, you know, from berry to bottle and um, from the ground up, you're in control of the grapes. And if you choose to go the winery route, it truly is a 100% value-added ag product, which was something that our state was a little behind on. And we had some microbreweries, but we just didn't have a, an industry that had really focused on that at the time. So you've got this plan put together, and then what happened in 2004 kind of threw you a curve? All these grapes in the ground, I think by 2004, we had five or six acres producing. We had found a winery in a nearby town, Cheyenne, Wyoming, and they were producing um, wines with grapes from Colorado. And they said, we'll buy anything you grow. But we weren't too worried about the winery part because we had a market. And that spring when we were going to set to kind of have our first harvest, we called them and checked in on them. And they said, oh, we're closing. We're disbanding as a company and we're no longer going to be a winery. So um, our kickstart with our business plan that we had created really went into play immediately. And the 10000 that we won disappeared very quickly by the time we had a old farmhouse that we converted quickly and changed a few things around and were able to have a makeshift winery. Probably home brewers had a better setup than we did um, when we first <laughs> became a winery, but we were, we were able to get it done and, and we had no idea of what would happen with Harvest. We started kind of home winemaking on the side, but we, we sure learned a lot just by the grapes coming in and having to figure out how to go from there. Having the experience of being a farmer with the sugar beets and the alfalfa and the corn, etc., I'm sure that helped a little bit, but there had to be a learning curve in growing grapes. Grapes are very drought tolerant, if you will. I mean, we planted our grapes in the midst of one of the worst droughts that we ever had. So we kind of joked for about three or four years, our grapes didn't see much water at all. 
we went to a few workshops and they said you have to make the vines struggle you can't overwater them you know hibernate in the winter and this was all based on eastern nebraska and the university of nebraska and we went to a few workshops in the summer and we were at one place and there was a huge lake there and they said oh we got six inches of rain last night that's just not a lake it's just a little pond and we started laughing and we went home immediately and turned on the drip lines to the grapes because we took the whole don't give them water and don't baby them to heart and our grapes hadn't seen six inches of rain in the seven years that they were um, developing and so we took a little different mindset about midstream when the vines were six to seven to make sure we were giving them adequate water i do think the first years we were tougher than we should have been that's what makes our climate so rough. We will be in the negative 20 below in December, and then we'll be 100 in July. So our grapes see the spectrum of ranging temperatures. Thank you for listening. I'm Forrest Kelly. This episode of the Best 5-Minute Wine Podcast was produced by iHizzard. If you like the show, please tell your friends and pets and subscribe. Until next time, pour the wine and ponder your next adventure. Adventure.